Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. How many of you are ready for a word from God today? Amen. I'm excited to hear a word from God, and um, it is my honor, my privilege to be able to introduce to you today uh, one of our very own has an anointing on her life, um, has been serving here. You have seen her serving here for many years now. You have, uh, some of you have heard her preach the gospel in the past. Um, just a, 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 an amazing anointing on her life. We love this family very, very much. And so I want you to stand to your feet right now. And will you make welcome Trina Carter Edwards? Come on, as she comes to share God's word with us today. Thank you. Grace and peace. Today I want to share with you a message that I call authentic or artificial. Matthew chapter 6, verses 22 through 23. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Eyes are the window to the soul. They reflect character and moral quality. Some eyes are very inviting. Others can be intense and unwelcoming. A person's thoughts can sometimes be read by looking into their eyes. We have eyes for seeing, but a lot of us have spiritual cataracts and blind spots that need to be removed. While others are simply sleepwalking through their Christian life by just going through the motions. I want to begin by giving you two definitions. The first is authentic, of undisputed origin, genuine, being exactly what is claimed. Artificial is made or produced as a copy of something natural, an imitation or simulation. Now, before I go any further, I want you to sincerely ask yourself, am I an authentic part of the body of Christ or am I an artificial limb? When I asked myself this question, the first thing that I had to do was to study how authentic and artificial limbs operate in the natural so that I could fully understand how they operate in the spiritual realm. Body-powered prosthetic limbs are controlled by cables that are connected elsewhere on the body. For example, a prosthetic arm can be controlled through a cable attached with a strap or a harness to the opposite, to a healthy shoulder. Healthy shoulders are important for posture. The healthy shoulder represents those who are postured or positioned in Christ, an authentic part of the body of Christ, one who abides in the vine and is focused on staying under God's authority, one who chooses daily to walk in the spirit, one who is intentional about renewing their mind because with your mind you serve the law of God. 
They yield to his control and are conscious about making good choices and decisions. When he puts his spirit in you, it causes you to walk in his statutes and you are careful to obey his laws. And the prosthetic limb represents an artificial part of the body of Christ. One who is still a slave to the flesh. One who does not remain in the vine. The cable, strap, and harness are designed to be controlled or led by its driver. And the driver is the flesh. With your flesh, you serve the law of sin. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And the reason why the cable comes into contact with or is in collision with the healthy shoulder is because the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. God creates and Satan counterfeits. God creates the kingdom and Satan counterfeits the world by trying to make it look appealing and hopes to distract you from the kingdom. Satan stimulates the flesh and in the world you hunger for sin. Sin is skillfully crafted to be enticing and pleasing to the eye and tempting to the flesh. It may even seem fun for a season. It may taste good in the moment, but in the end, it will only leave you empty. Blessed are those who hunger for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. There are different parts of a prosthesis. One of the parts is a gel cushion interface. This is positioned between the residual limb and the prosthetic limb. It is known as the meeting place. Interface is the place where two systems come together, any common boundary or area. It is symbolic of the church building or facility. This is where both authentic and artificial parts of the body come together. But do not be deceived because there is a difference. One comes for edification, to be enlightened, uplifted for instruction and moral improvement. And the other comes to play show and tell. They show up for church just to tell others they attended. Those who are comfortable operating with an artificial mindset need to get sincere about becoming authentic vessels. Second Corinthians chapter 11 verses 14 through 15. And no wonder for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is surprising then if, the, if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness. The artificial limb does not accept the things of the spirit of God. This is dangerous because Satan has a strong understanding of the processes of the brain. Within the church, he utilizes his knowledge to fabricate an authentic limb to function just like an authentic one. The enemy has become a master of mimicking the motions of biological or authentic limbs. And there is a disadvantage to being an artificial limb. It can be a part of the body, but it cannot perform its full function in the body. In other words, it can operate, but there is no anointing. It can perform, but there is no empowerment by the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 5, verses 19 for just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners. So also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. We are all familiar with AI or artificial intelligence. It is designed and created by man to mimic actions and tasks with great proficiency. Limbs are triggered by both manip manipulation and sensation. 
What is truly disheartening about an artificial limb is that although it lives and operates according to the impulses of the flesh and not by the power of the Holy Spirit, within the church, it can disguise itself as an authentic member. It can dress the part, talk, walk, and look the part. These are the people who acknowledge Jesus with their lips but deny him with their lifestyles. The Bible doesn't work for them because they are satisfied and would rather just keep playing church. To be honest, the Bible doesn't work for some people because they can't handle the fact that it reads, studies, and examines you while you are reading, studying, and examining it. It's the best character reference that I know of. Outward religion is one thing, but what truly counts is what you're like on the inside. In order for the Bible to work for you, you have to be willing to be challenged and changed. Truth is, if your heart isn't right with God, then your service is only cosmetic. A radical change is required when a person professes faith in Jesus. We have an obligation, but that obligation is not to the flesh. Artificial limbs are controlled by the flesh, and they react on impulse. We struggle against the flesh and the world, but we must not give in to them. Artificial intelligence is human wisdom, and our flesh loves it because it glorifies rebellion, disregards correction, and renders us blameless in our own eyes. Artificial limbs are rebellious people. Truth is, Rebellion exists in every human heart because we have that spirit of Adam in us. This is why we need to continuously guard our hearts, ask God to renew our minds, and to stop and think before reacting or speaking. Because rebellion is something that comes naturally in the form of our words. An example would be when you say, I know I should, but I won't. It also comes in the form of of a thought or openly through bold disobedience. And this is when you want to be seen behaving badly, like on social media. Rebellion is a product of pride and self-will. It's spiritually dangerous because of those little habits of thought, feeling and actions that regard us as normal because everyone else is like that, everyone else is doing it, or it's all a part of being human. When it comes to artificial intelligence and evaluating ourselves, we aren't very good at it. We will go to great lengths to excuse our bad behaviors and actions and our sins. This world is so broken and crazy that people are blinded by their own sins, but they won't hesitate to stone others for theirs. After all, who needs a defense attorney when you can pretty much find a reason or an excuse for any and every bad thing that you do? Artificial limbs have an urge, and then they act on a whim without thinking of the consequences. Shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? The Bible says that we must turn from our wicked ways, so don't take God's grace for granted. We have an enemy who utilizes his knowledge of our weaknesses and shortcomings, and he is always on the prowl trying to get in. He is constantly engineering ways to make us stumble. Sometimes it takes something bad to happen for us to lose someone or something that we cherish or for us to to see ourselves in a different light before we finally admit that we need to change. Whoever has ears, let them hear. This is another way of saying listen up and pay attention. To, To hear is to listen, 
To listen is to learn, and to learn is to obey. Rebellious people don't like to listen. They aren't always open to learning, nor do they like to obey. But God is calling us to another place of revelation, and he is revealing secrets of the kingdom. But if we are only trying to look the part, we will be ever seeing but never perceiving, and ever hearing but never understanding. The more time we spend in the Babel, the more we will face truth. We won't always like what we see or how we see it, but the more likely we are to change. And many are impacted by the word through the preaching of the gospel. We are given the word, but not everyone hears the word. For many, it goes in one ear and out of the other because they choose to ignore God's instruction. Spiritual growth is a matter of personal decision. As God's chosen, we must have hearts that are very receptive to the word in order to be effective in the kingdom. And this brings me to SI, which is spiritual intelligence. It is the art of thinking like God and being prompted by the Holy Spirit. The heart pumps blood through organs that are designed to receive it. And this is an illustration of how spiritual intelligence works. We receive the word and the Holy Spirit moves in us and causes the word to go from information to revelation. And this causes transformation. The Holy Spirit prompts us to respond in certain ways. It's like when we move our limbs, our muscles and tendons get stretched. When we allow the Holy Spirit to move in us and through us, our spiritual muscles and tendons are stretched. And the more that they are stretched, the stronger and more receptive they become. And the more in tune with the Holy Spirit and his promptings we will be. It's like when you reach to pick up something, or you reach to scratch your head, rub your eyes, or touch the tip of your nose. You are so subconsciously aware of where your target is that you can hit it without looking at it. We know exactly where our limbs are, and we know how to control them without thinking about it. We get it right sometimes, but there are times when we get distracted, and we trip over our own feet, stomp our toes, poke ourselves in the eye. We might even bump our heads, walk into a stationary object or other people. That's why we have to stay focused. Because the more that we are stretched spiritually, we will become more sensitive to and know the promptings of the Holy Spirit without questioning whether or not he really told us to do or say something. When God plants eternity and divine purpose in your heart, something in you hungers. In the kingdom, you get hungry by eating and being exposed to the word. You want more of it. We crave the milk and the meat of God's word, but there are times when we are tempted to partake of the meat and milk of the world. This can cause us to stumble. Sometimes I have to go back and drink the milk of the word because there are certain areas in my life where I still have some growing and maturing to do. We know God's intention and his requirements, but doing what is necessary to align with his purpose is another story. Truth is, our words and actions will identify where we are ready for meat and where we need more milk. We can be spiritually mature in one area, but childish in another. We're mature enough to know that we want to experience and rest in his peace, but too childish to let go of pettiness, bitterness, and unforgiveness. This is when we need to go back and drink the milk of understanding. 
I've grown tremendously in my walk with God, but I'm far from perfect. Sometimes I fall short. Sometimes I stumble. Sometimes things happen in life that change your disposition. Sometimes it happens when you lose a loved one, when people walk out of your life, when hurtful things are said to you or about you. It can cause your flesh to get in the way. Your perceptions are cloudy and your intentions and motives aren't pure or genuine. As long as we feed the spirit and starve the flesh, the Holy Spirit flows freely in us and through us. But when we feed the flesh and starve the spirit, we temporarily disconnect our ability to clearly sense his presence and his promptings. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he will kick you while you're down. He tries to distract you by keeping you focused on the wrong things, and this could paralyze you for a season if you let it. The Bible says to be still before God and wait patiently for him. Some Christians only acknowledge the part about being still and make the mistake of thinking they've already arrived. Christianity is a journey. We are always a work in progress. So don't let the enemy apprehend what is already yours. When you wait patiently on the Lord, he will order your steps, but you have to be willing and ready to move your feet. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you. We aren't called to just observe, sit and observe. We are called to serve. Being an inactive part of the body of Christ is like when you get relaxed or fall asleep in an awkward position. You cut the circulation off on your hand, arm, leg, or foot. As long as you lay idle, you are cutting off your spiritual circulation to your limb. You feel as if it is disconnected from the rest of the body. It feels heavy, bound, and lifeless. There will always be a disconnect as long as the flesh is in control. There is a misfiring of signals and a range of sensations, including warmth, numbness, and you'll even get pain that feels like you're being stuck by thorns. In the natural, this could manifest as being buried in grief, bitterness, depression, anger, hate, or unforgiveness. This is symbolic of a fight that's going on inside of you every day. A fight between the flesh and the spirit. And the one that wins is the one that you feed. The will of the flesh is to make you feel scared, hopeless, and alone. And it will try its best to discourage you and make you give up. It wants to drain the life from your limb. When we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You are inviting God's will into the world, into your life, and into your circumstance. The will of the Spirit is to minister to you, to remind you of God's promises, and to encourage you to be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go before you. He will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. We must trust God and know that everything happens for a reason. We won't always understand, but no matter what, we must always keep moving forward. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Being postured in Christ, there are two types of posture. Dynamic posture is how you hold yourself when moving, walking, or running. And static posture This is how you hold yourself when you're not moving. You could be sitting, 
sleeping, or standing still. It's easy to shine and stand tall when your days are good. But when life knocks you down, when people put you down, when they try to discredit your character, lash out at you, when they walk out of your life, it's going to hurt. You might even get angry and cry, and it's okay. But being positioned in Christ, you have to make the choice to get back up, shake it off, reposition yourself, and move according to God's will. And when you make the choice to get back up, you have to stand strong because the enemy will attack you from every side. So pray for your circle because when he can't shake you, he'll go after them. He will try to keep you bound in a negative mindset and send distractions of all kinds. The pain, warmth, and numbness will temporarily get worse. But how many of you are thankful for the blood that Jesus shed on Calvary? I'm so glad that it reaches to the highest mountain and flows to the lowest valley. So after you have suffered for a little while, don't you dare give up. He helps you in your weakness. Be confident of this. He that began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. And I'm almost done. <laughs> there is nothing more precious or powerful than the blood of Jesus. It's life-giving blood. And when it rushes back in, that limb is restored, confirmed, strengthened, and established. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 29 through 30 reads, After all, no one has ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. So my answer to that question is, he nourishes us and cherishes us. We are members of his body, bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, the product of his divine substance, meaning we are authentic limbs. Amen. Thank you. All glory be to God. With every eye closed and every head bowed, I want to ask if there's anybody who wants to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I just ask that you slip your hand high enough in the air so that I can see it. Would there be one? Thank you for that hand. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I want everyone to pray with, with us. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you, sinners in need of a Savior. Lord, we ask you to come into our hearts, forgive us of our sins, and be our Lord and Savior. We thank you for saving us and loving us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.